Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Duke fans, it's episode 35 of DBR Bites, smaller size editions where we typically, these are usually just like, let's preview the team that Duke has coming up. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them, but for this one, we actually have a little extra thing we want to talk about at the very end. So make sure if you're, if you, if you find our conversation about Florida State boring, stick around because there's something, a bonus, bonus stuff coming at the end of the episode. In any event, I am Jason Evans. I'm here for your listening pleasure and joining me as always, partner in crime, Donald Wine. Donald, how you doing this morning? Doing all right. It's a little late start for me. Um, slept in a little bit this morning, but uh, yesterday was was a, a decent day. Uh, it was Valentine's Day. I hope you and Mrs. Evans had a nice day. Uh, and for me, I just kind of sat here in my heart shirt and, and watched TV, watched a lot of basketball. <laughs> uh, yes, we had a delightful time. And uh, it is time for us, the, the Valentine's gift we give, to our Duke fans is to talk about the team that Duke has coming up. The Blue Devils, after well, three games at home, now embark on a three-game road trip, and it's a pretty important... Uh, it, this is a big deal, Donald. Yeah, but before we get started, I, yeah, I, I failed to mention, because we haven't had an episode since then, February 13th, as we know, is the is the birthday of Coach K, so yes. happy belated birthday to the GOAT. Oh, yeah. Thank you for throwing that in there. Yes. I can't believe I forgot. You're right. Easy to remember his birthday. It's the day right before Valentine's Day. Right In any event, Valentine's Day. like I said. Okay. All right. So now we're going to get to the three games that Duke has coming up. Uh, a, a very important stretch of the schedule because any road win is a good road win. Uh, and these are three teams that are, you know, 
I'd say right smack in the middle to the upper middle of the standings. This is not going to be an easy stretch. Florida State, Miami, and Wake Forest, we will take them one at a time in terms of how you and I do our previews. So today is all about Florida State, the Seminoles. Donald, I know you've looked at their record, which, you know, sort of an interesting roller coaster of a season for them. Didn't look too good. Very down, then then suddenly started surging. At one point, they were 5-1 and one in the ACC. I mean, they mm-hmm. were at, like at the top of the standings. Since going 5-1 and one in the ACC, things have not gone too great for them, has it? Yeah, so let's let's start from the beginning. They're 13 and 11. They're 7 and 6 in the ACC. As you mentioned, they're right in the the middle. They're they're focused on 8th, but they're really tied for 5th. There's they're log jam with three other teams right in the middle of the pack. 85th in Ken Palm as of this morning, 95th in the net. And and Jason, I think the thing about Florida State is that they've played a really tough schedule. Ken Palm has it at the 31st strongest schedule in the country. They started out as you mentioned, very up and down. They were 6 and 6. Uh, but they did end up with a couple of major wins. They played UNLV in Colorado at the Sunshine Slam in Daytona. They won both of those games, Colorado's game coming in overtime. Then they come back and they lo- immediately lose four straight. And they had to struggle to get to six and six before the new year. Bad losses in that time frame. They lost to South Florida. They lost on December 30th to Lipscomb. Now, Jason, I think the thing that you were mentioning is they started January. The calendar turned 2024 and they started January hot. They won five conference games in a row, including over Wake and on the road to rivals Miami. But since January 17th, they have very much cooled off. They are two and five since then, including a nine-point loss to Louisville, where they allowed the Cardinals to score 101 points. Ouch. You, that's a lot of points. They've lost two straight thus far to, to Virginia at home and then away on Tuesday to Virginia Tech. They've lost their last three home games. They're seven and six at home this season. But Jason against Duke, we know this is a place that we traditionally don't play well. The last time we were in Tallahassee, January 2022, Duke lost by one in overtime. Now, Jason, keep that in your brain for just a second. Duke is only four and three in their last seven games at the Tucker Civic Center. So again, this is a game, this is a game where you mentioned this team may be reeling kind of in the middle of the pack, but this is no slouch of a road game. Now, Jason, I told you before we started that I have a wild stat. This is the wild stat about Florida State. Do not let this game get to overtime. Florida State has won an NCAA record 14 straight games that have gone to overtime. Their last overtime loss was December 2nd, 2015 against Iowa. As I mentioned, this year they already have an overtime win. I mentioned the last time we were in Tallahassee, it was an overtime loss for Duke. We lost by one. So yeah, it sounds like you're going to get to the metrics and their metrics are kind of wild, but one stat is clear. Don't let this game get to overtime because if it does... Florida State's chances of winning seems to go up exponentially. I'm sorry. That's incredible. You you said that they haven't lost an overtime game since 2015. 2015. But it's not like, yeah, of course, it's not like every game is going to overtime, right? They oh, but have still. To a game. But yes, 14 straight games that have gone to overtime won by Florida State. That's pretty impressive. All right. So let's get to the advanced metrics. They are Florida State. The Seminoles are number 85. Number 85 in Ken Palm. They're 114th on offense and 59th on defense. So you know which end of the floor it gets their focus. Uh, this is a team that plays fast, by the way. You mentioned, you know, that Louisville game where Louisville got to 101 points. It, it is not uncommon for a Florida State game for both teams to get into the upper 70s or, or the 80s. They play with the 31st fastest tempo in all of college basketball. Let's start with the offense. Uh, it's very simple to say they are a bad, the Florida State Seminoles are a bad shooting team. They only hit 32% of their threes, 
just 69% of their free throws. Anything, look, you know, we talk about it. You, you want to be able to hit a decent percentage of free throws. Only getting 69% is a problem for, for any team. It's going to hurt your offensive efficiency when you don't convert from the charity stripe. They only have one guy on the team who's hitting better than 33% of his three-pointers. I mean, that's 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 just a problem. Uh, and by the way, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They're like bottom 50 in the land in terms of frequency of, free, of three-pointers taken. So this is not a Florida State team that tries to get to you from the outside. Look, they don't give up many steals, but they're one of these teams that sort of make their own problems with like offensive fouls, throwing the ball out of bounds, traveling, sloppy stuff like that in terms of turnovers. And one small note, it's really hard. This is just a weird, freaky thing about them. It's really hard to block their shot. Florida State top 10 in the country in terms of having one of the lowest block percentages on offense. Let's convert to the other end of the floor, Donald. On defense, the hallmark of this Florida State team is turning teams over. They have a top 20 steal percentage in the country. They first they force turnovers on more than 20% of opponents' possessions. Duke, they, they've got to force Duke to make like at least 12 or more turnovers if Florida State's going to have a real chance in this contest. And they've got to have those turnovers be like live ball turnovers that become easy buckets at the other end for Florida State. Because this Florida State team is not that great at defending the three-point line. And the thing that really jumps out from them, Donald, this team fouls, like fouls a ton. It's incredible. Yep. They're one of like the they're like one of the 30 worst teams in all of college basketball in terms of the number of free throws they give up. They will put you on the line. They have allowed almost as many free throws as field goal attempts against them. That's like a, that's like an insane stat. Uh, so that should be a major part of Duke's attack. We've talked. It, Duke fans know this is a Duke team that that has been on a roller coaster of free throws, where some halves we get zero, and some halves we're shooting like fifteen plus free throws. I hope it, you know if Duke is successful in this game, we're going to be at the free throw line a lot. One last statistical note about their offense and defense: their rebounding. They're poor at both ends of the floor at rebounding. They're barely in the top 200 in the country at offensive rebounds, and they're almost 300th in the country at defensive rebounds. Hit the boards, Duke. We need to see everybody on the team going to their to that uh, the to the glass. Jason, there's a couple of stats out there that stuck out to me uh, that you mentioned. First off, their tempo. You mentioned how quick their tempo is, but I want to give some clarity as to how fast they play. Sometimes, Florida State this year. 15 games this year, they have had over 70 possessions. In three games, they've had over 80 possessions. That's a lot of possessions. That is a ton, basketball. yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Convert, you know, compare that with Duke. Duke only has six games this season where they've had over 70 possessions. They haven't had any games where they've had over 80. Now, the lowest game for Florida State, the fewest possessions that they've had in one game was 63. That was the number. Of course, that was against UVA, which yeah. is a team that likes to slow it down. Right. Now, you also mentioned the fact that they don't get blocked a lot on offense and they send guys to the line. Now, in the, in the fact that they don't rebound well. Jason, here's why that's interesting. Florida State is the tallest team in the country. according I to know. That is the reason why they don't get blocked a lot on offense. One of the reasons, and the, the anomaly is that they don't rebound well. But also, Jason, the one reason that they try to send you to, the, that they send you to the free throw line a lot is because they try to block your shot a lot. Why? Because they have a lot of tall trees. And as we get into the players, I know we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in a second. Because they're throwing so many people at you, 
they don't they, they almost have like a couple guys who are like we don't care we have five fouls use them just try to just try to go for the hero play and that's where they struggle a lot is where guys like to go for the hero play and it ends up being again a sloppy moment on offense where they throw the ball away or travel or maybe have an offensive foul and on defense they will try to block you and when they miss they will send you to the free throw line because they have fouled you so the thing about their size that is really interesting as you said they are the tallest team in the country but it's actually not uh, look we saw a Florida State team a few years ago that had like four seven footers on the roster yep and they were just and they were they, they started three of them yeah <laughs> exactly them. yeah this is not that kind of a Florida State team the reason this team is really tall is not because of a bunch of seven footers who are on the floor at the same time it's because they don't have anyone who is small um they have a kid named Primo Spears six foot three who by the way has been injured a lot this year has has not played a ton um he's the only guy on the roster literally the only guy on the roster under six five. So what they do is they run wave after wave of like six seven, six nine, six ten dudes at you, and and as you mentioned, you know Ham the Ham Man will use his bench extensively, and and that's why they are such a tall team. It's not so much because they're they they've got a bunch of seven footers. It's that like everybody is between six seven and six ten. By the way, we talk about Ham and the bench against Virginia Tech this week. They played eleven guys, seven or more minutes. Against UVA over the weekend, they played 12 guys. And it was a close game. It wasn't like it was a blowout. It wasn't like they were clearing off the bench. Like 12, 11, 12 guys routinely see regular minutes for this for this Florida State team. It's it's just, it's the way Leonard Hamilton likes to do things. It's, it's very interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure how he keeps everybody happy in that way. I'm not sure it's the most efficient way of playing your team because I would think that your player number one is better than player number 12, and yet they're both getting significant minutes. It's it's sort of strange. Jason, 12 players average 10-plus minutes a game. That's a that's a, that's an incredible stat because, as you mentioned, there's only 200 yeah. minutes to divide up between these guys. And so there's a lot of guys who are coming in and out, in and out. But, again, that's not, as you mentioned, Leonard Hamilton does this. He, he I, I guess what yeah. keeps them happy is, hey, I don't, you know, I, I'm recruiting you. Yes, you're going to be the number 17th guy on the bench, but you know what? You're getting in this ball game every single time because I play everybody and it, everyone keeps fresh. And I think, Jason, that lends to the fact that, again, we talk about how they send guys to the free throw line quite a bit. For guys in the first half with two fouls, their participation is 8.4% of total minutes. Because what that means is if you're getting two fouls, you're coming out of the game because they're just going to throw another wave of guys at you. So Leonard Hamilton is a guy that's like, again, I think sometimes it feels like they play very, very sloppily on purpose it's almost like hey you go in the game you have five fouls use two of them real quick establish a tone and then we're going to bring you out of the game and bring in someone else who's going to do the same thing and it, it sometimes that lends to uh what feels like a very helter skelter type of play and of course the, a frenetic tempo um going back and forth back and forth trying to get as many possessions as possible because in their mind the more possessions you have the more you know bites at the apple you can get I think when it comes to Florida State, is Duke has to remain calm in this. Again, UVA was able to hold them to 63 possessions. We're probably going to be closer to 70, which is, you know, again, trending towards our higher range. But what that means is we just have to be clinical and methodical and very calm and poised when we do. Because the, the fans are going to get into it. The players are going to want us to turn us into a track meet. And we just have to play our game. Yeah, and... Speaking of play the game, let's let's talk a little bit about the players. First of all, by the way, it's worth noting 
that Ken Pomeroy projects that Duke will win this game 78 to 72. I feel like, you know, we've sort of, I don't want to say we've been talking down, but we haven't been saying sort of impressive things about Florida State so far. Road games are difficult. Pomeroy says six-point win for Duke. I mean, like, folks should not be surprised when this is a tight contest, a very competitive game, well into the second half. I I won't be shocked if that's what happens because it is so difficult to play on the road and because, you know, Florida State is a decent club, especially on defense. Let's talk a little about the players. Donald, is there anybody you want to specifically highlight? Yeah, I think the first guy you kind of want to throw out there is Jameer Watkins. He's the 6'7 transfer junior uh, from VCU. He leads them at 14.5 points per game. He averages 5.8 rebounds a game. And again, when we look at some of these stats, Jason, there's only a couple of guys that are in double figures. There's only a couple of guys that average more than like three rebounds a game because, again, they're sending wave after wave after wave of players. So a lot of these stats may be skewed. But Jameer Watkins is the guy that usually has the ball in his hands he, he, the most uh, when he's in the game. He also can distribute. He averages close to three assists a game. And on defense, he averages close to two steals a game. So he's their motor. He's the guy that's, if, if is, as goes Jameer Watkins, usually so goes Florida State. And the idea is to key him up. I, again, this might be a game where you put Jalen Blakes on him for a little bit. But at the, at the very least, you're putting a Tyrese Proctor uh, on him on defense to kind of slow him down because then he can't pass it to some of the other guys like Darren Green, who I know you're going to mention. He's the one guy that averages more than 30 minutes a game, and he's the one guy who can shoot a decent three-point shot. So those are the guys I'm looking at as the as the two motor guys. But Jameer Watkins, the ball more likely than not is going to end up in his hands at one point during each possession that he's on the floor. Yeah, you picked out the guy that I wanted to highlight, it, and it is Darren Green, who – uh, is now a fifth-year senior. He's one of those guys who's been at um, been in college basketball forever and a day. He actually originally started at Central Florida, playing for Johnny Dawkins, and is now at, at Florida State. Um, he came there last year and was a significant player for them a year ago. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this weird anomaly that they're a team who only shoots thirty three percent, thirty two percent from uh, from three point range, and yet they only have one guy who basically averages better than that from three and it's like how how do they achieve that well it's because darren green is the guy who takes most of their three pointers and he hits them in a 38 percent clip uh he he takes like more than half the threes for this team and it's real important I, you know i'm not sure who duke will necessarily match up on him uh, i could i could see it being tyrese proctor i could also see it being jared mccain um but uh, we're going to have to pay attention to him. If Florida State is going to have a, a real chance in this game, it'll probably be that Darren Green has has an outstanding game from, from three-point range. The other thing that's sort of interesting to me, I was looking down their roster, and, I mean, there's some slightly familiar names. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I think I remember Baba Miller and Cameron Fletcher. Cameron Fletcher, who's, by the way, been hurt most of the year. But for the most part, I was looking at this roster. I'm like, I just don't know a lot of these guys. You mentioned Jameer Watkins is a transfer one of their other top scorers, Primo Spears, is a transfer. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that they completely remade the roster uh, over the transfer portal and stuff like that, but but it is a roster full of a lot of names and faces that I'm not intimately familiar with like I am with most other teams in the ACC. It's just the nature of how it's done in, in college basketball nowadays. Well, if you mentioned, you mentioned Cameron Fletcher, Cameron Fletcher has been at Florida State for a couple of years, but he did transfer there from Kentucky. So he's one of those heralded recruits that, you know, went to Kentucky and all of a sudden was like, I need to find a, a change of scenery and ended up down in Tallahassee. But yeah, Jason, he, he's, he's been hurt I, though. 
Cameron Fletcher. He's been hurt. Yeah. 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 But when he's in the game again, he's going to try and go after you on the boards. He's six, seven. He's, he, he's not like a huge, huge dude, but he's going to muscle his way in there. He gets five rebounds a game. Uh, so again, he's going to be one of those guys we need to put a body on if he does check into the game, if he ends up playing uh, significant minutes. Baba Miller is probably their tallest guy. Um, and he's the guy that's going to try and, and go after the boards. But again, that's maybe a, a, a job for Kyle Filipowski. I, I wonder if uh, when you talk about a guy like uh, like Cam Cohen, another 6'10 dude that they're going to throw in, if they do start throwing in some of their trees together, which one Mark Mitchell is put on, or if they bring in a Sean Stewart or a Ryan Young to kind of you know complement the trees if they do put those trees in there. Uh, but as you mentioned, a lot of these guys are 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", guys that are, you know, they can go out on the wing, they can go in the post, and they're just going to go at a really rapid pace because they know that when they get tired, there's a new wave that's going of players that are going to come in to replace them. So for us, we have to play within ourselves, slow the game down as much as we can. I know we're not going to get it down into the 60s, but if we can get it closer to 70 as opposed to 80, I think we we control that game then at this point and that and then I think when Florida State has these games that are have smaller number of possessions they panic a little bit more and they take bad shots because they want to try and lengthen the game by having more possessions and that's where if we play our tempo and play within control we will be right there at the end and I think Jason the one thing that always 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 cripples us when we go down to Tallahassee take care of the damn basketball Every single time we go down there, it feels like we have like 15, 16 turnovers. If we are in the in the single digits as far as turnovers are going, this is going to be a good night for Duke. And we're going to, you know, I think shooting wise, if, if we even if we struggle through shooting, we're going to have the opportunities at the free throw line. We're going to have the opportunities in the paint to really put Florida State away. You know, by the way, you mentioned Baba Miller, who is their starting big man. I think that's a really that's a really interesting matchup, him and 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 Kyle Filipowski, because Baba Miller is sort of perhaps the thing he does best of anything on the basketball floor is block shots. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying he's like elite, like, you know, top 20 shot blocker in all of college basketball, but he's not super far behind that. And and we've seen Flip struggle at time with guys who are shot blockers. The other thing about Baba Miller is like he's as likely to take a three pointer as he is to take a two pointer, uh, even though he's a he's a big fella. And uh, you would think he would operate close to the basket. He's actually a guy who who likes to drift out to the perimeter. Like if you forget about him, if if Flip is helping, you know, on a screen and they don't really screen and roll with Baba Miller. They they pick and pop, and he steps out. Mm -hmm. And if you if you don't if you're not there on him, he will pull up and take a three on you. Now he he doesn't hit him at a huge percentage, but you know, thirty two percent. He's not terrible from out there, and he like I say, he's unafraid to take that shot. So that's a really interesting matchup, I think. Contested shots. That's the key here. You, when a team is terrible from three-point land, the last thing you want to do is give them open chances to try and up that number. So just put a hand in their face. I think when you do the pick and, pick and pop, you're going to have maybe Kyle Filipowski hedge for maybe a step and then get back to his man so that he can contest any three that is shot. But especially for Darren Green, put a put a hand in his face. He, he, you like you mentioned, he's a decent three point shooter. He shoots thirty eight percent, but he's not, and he's going to take a lot of them. He's the guy that has the volume from three. So if you put a hand in his face, make it more difficult for him. If they start missing them, they're going to abandon the three. As you mentioned, they don't take a lot of threes uh, because they're not making them. So if if you get them out early, then again you can concentrate in the paint, and that's where the defense inside can thrive. Yeah. Okay. I think we're all done with Florida State. By the way, you know. 
it's entirely possible there'll be someone that we didn't mention, didn't think of at all, who will be a significant player in this game because they play so many different guys. You just don't know who it, who's Tom, Tom House. Uh, I'm going with Tom House. He's six seven. He's the last guy off the bench uh, <laughs> of the twelve. So um, Tom House, if he goes off, just we we talked about him for two seconds. Hey, good way to cover your bases, my friend. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side, won't be long, but we do want to talk about a Blue Devil, formerly in the NBA, now talking about the NBA. That story when we come back. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many, leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus we're back from the break and we want to talk very briefly about a uh, story of a dookie who is uh, really, really succeeding at at what he's uh, at his chosen profession now that he's done with basketball? That is none other than JJ Redick. It was announced this week that JJ will be um, the lead announcer on the NBA final, or color guy, I guess I should say, not announcer, but part of the part of the broadcast team, the head color guy for the NBA finals. 
That is a big deal assignment for JJ. You know, he's been in broadcasting now for a couple few years since retiring. He's doing very well. ESPN likes him a lot. And now he's getting like the plum roll. Doc Rivers was doing it. They had Doc assigned to it, but but then Doc got back into coaching. And so they've they've handed it off to JJ. I suspect if JJ wants, he's going to keep this gig for a long time because he is fabulous on TV. Yeah, and first off, this is a huge promotion for him. Uh, I mean, he's been calling games. Uh, usually, it's alongside. Uh, it, they usually have two uh, uh, analysts on, on the call for a lot of these games on ESPN. Yeah. Um, and he's usually been alongside Richard Jefferson. Now he moves alongside Doris Burke, who's one of the best in the biz. And I think the best thing is, no matter who he's paired with, he's able to compliment those people, right? The play-by-play person, as well as whoever is also uh, analyzing on the call. He's really good at, at just flowing with that and providing context to a situation that other people may not have because he has those, you know, that playing career. And I think him and Richard Jefferson play well off of that. But Jason, as you mentioned, he's everywhere at ESPN. He's on First Take. He's on, you know, Get Up. He's on yeah. NBA Today. He's on the pregame show. He's on the postgame show. You know, Old Man in the Three. He's, he's, yeah, he's on still doing the podcast, podcast yeah. out there. He's still doing his podcast. He's on every other podcast on ESPN. He's just become a, a super, you know, analyst. He's one, one of the best NBA analysts that ESPN has. And I think his attention to detail, the fact that it feels like he really loves doing this stuff and, 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 and really – you know, bringing the perspective of a player who's, you know, just recently left the game, but also has the knowledge of some of these players out there. So I really, really am, am proud of him. I'm going from, you know, sports marketing class back at Duke University. Me and JJ were in the same class. And now this man's going to be calling the NBA finals. He's done he's done quite well for himself. So we're really proud of him. And, uh, and, and this is a really big, big deal. As you mentioned, I think this is the start of him maybe remaining on that A broadcast for quite a long time. Yeah, and I think this completes the uh, Duke takeover of basketball broadcasting with <laughs> JJ and his NBA role. Jay Billis, of course, is the top color analyst for NBA for the NCAA on ESPN. Uh, Jay Will is the top in-studio analyst for the NCAA on ESPN. Grant Hill does color on the Final Four, along with uh, Jim Nance and Bill Rafferty. They've been doing that together since 2015. Grant is a staple of that, of that NCAA tournament, the the absolute culmination of the season has a has a dookie there. And now we get JJ with his uh his NBA gig at the end of the NBA season. Um Duke does a really good job of once guys' careers are done bouncing the basketball, they get to talk about and be in the business of basketball even after the the playing career is over. And Jason, one of the guys in the studio all year for for CBS, Seth Davis, he didn't play at Duke, but he went to Duke. You Correct. also have Jim Spinarco who calls a ton of games for CBS during the uh well, I wasn't gonna season. get into all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I and, mean, and 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 I'm you know, shout G-Man? out Jefferson Pilot. Yeah. yeah, shout out Jefferson Pilot and the G Man, Mike Jaminski. Like, yo, we got Duke is everywhere. We are we are we are really everywhere, and it's great to see them thriving in these roles and bring in again that perspective that people can resonate with. It almost makes people go, wait, we make smart kids at Duke that not just play basketball, they know what they're talking about. Because they're on TV all the time. Exactly, exactly. All right, and with that, we'll wrap up this edition of DBR Bites. For Donald Wine, I am Jason Evans. We will be back with you after the Florida State game, taking a look ahead to the Miami game, ACC standings. It is tight at the top. Blue Devils need to keep on winning now that they are on the road. 
For Donald, I'm Jason. Duke Band, play us out and take us home. So I wanted to tell you about, so I forgot to mention this on the Wake Forest recap, Steve Forbes in the, uh, in the, in the post-game uh, press conference. First of all, he was incredibly like honest and straightforward. I, it was like, it was sort of weird because I, I knew I wasn't going to use any of his sound, but I, I kept on being like, oh, wait, I want to record that. It was really, he was, he was really great. But the funny thing was, so the press conference ends and as he's walking out, there was a reporter there in the crowd who hadn't asked any questions, who clearly is one of the guys who covers Wake Forest all the time. And Forbes was like, you know, dude, don't you, you know, essentially, don't you have any questions for me? And and the guy was like, man, Steve, it'll be what it'll be. We just didn't have the shooting today. And Forbes goes, he goes, he goes, it's just like Bull Durham. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. Today it rained. I, I lost it. I was like, that's I'm like Steve Forbes pulling out one of the all time great Bull Durham quotes. It was it was hysterical. That dude, I, you have to love him. He, he was, uh, like I said, this press conference was just, it was so straightforward. There was no like sugarcoating anything. He's just like, yeah, we didn't shoot well. And, you know, here in camera, we there, got it. We have some coaches that are, that are quite engaging when you, when you actually listen to their press conferences. Like, I, yeah. again, I talked about last year when, when we were in Notre Dame and, and Mike Bray just basically talked for 30 minutes and they were just like, oh, like John's ready to come in. He's like, Oh yeah, right. Yeah. You guys have other people you can talk to, but like they, like every single time Mike Bray was on, like, again, even Leonard Hamilton has some quotes where you're just like, Oh, Leonard, Leonard's been, Leonard's been saving that one for a rainy day. He's, yeah. he's ready. <laughs> oh, so yeah, there's, there's, we got some, we got some characters. Uh, Wait, did you see the Laranega press conference the other day where he like, no, mm -mm. Uh, you didn't see this. Mm -mm. Oh, Oh my God. Uh, so it was after they Wait, which lost... game was this after? Was this after Virginia? It was after the Virginia game where they where they oh, lost yeah. by like like thirty to you know yeah, they scored sixty to thirty eight. Mm -hmm. And he comes in and he goes. He basically was like, "Any questions?" And people were kind of quiet for a couple of months. And he goes, "All right, I'm done." And just leaves. I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. It, it was uh, he was he was having none of it. He looks miserable on the bench this year. Oh yeah, like I said, the the team we'll, we'll talk about it next week. But like this team is playing very much unlike a Coach L team. They're just not, they're just yeah. not up for. And especially, you know, the the one guy that they got this year was Matthew Cleveland, who's killed us in the past when he was at Florida State. Yeah, and him going from Florida State to Miami was was a, a huge deal in both circles. And then like has been fairly non-existent for most of the season. So yeah. yeah. That dude was supposed to be one and done when he went to Florida State. Everyone was saying he was going to be one and done. Yeah, and still we have to still we have to deal with him. Now we have to deal with him in another team. Like, why? <laughs> just, just just graduate. Be be happy. <laughs> <laughs>